Hello, welcome to the Reconnect Podcast, episode 8. Today, I am alone, as you can see. No guest, just me. I am Sean Killingsworth, the founder of the Reconnect movement. And today, since I am on my own, I thought it could be cool to talk about my personal, some aspects of my personal vision for the Reconnect movement. So there are definitely a lot of things that I see in the future of the Reconnect movement. And I wanted to highlight some of those things today. So one of the things that I wanted to touch on is what I think is possible to create with the Reconnect movement. So I believe that Reconnect can create a community of people who want to experience their life without, with and without phones. So a community of people who see the difference between experiences having your phone and experiences not having your phone and create those and more empower and enlighten those people that want to experience their life in that way where they're intentional about when they bring their phone somewhere why they bring their phone somewhere and when they don't bring their phone somewhere and why they're not bringing their phone somewhere rather than this unaware kind of victim of our phone world we live in now where we always have our phone with us and if we don't, then we feel a, a lot of people, Some, not everybody, but some, a lot of people feel anxiety when they don't have their phone or just worry when they don't have their phone. And I believe that the Reconnect movement and the Reconnect community can help people see that there's reasons to bring your phone somewhere. There's reasons to not bring your phone somewhere. And I also believe that that community will allow for people to more easily do that because they'll have a community of people. It won't be like, oh, I'm going to go to this party and I'm not going to bring my phone and I'm going to be the only one without my phone. It'll be like me and my friends who all learned about Reconnect and care about Reconnect are going to collectively leave our phones. We're all going to go as a group, no phones. That would be a totally different experience. And then if someone calls you weird or they're like, oh, why are you doing that? That's weird then you have a whole group and you guys all have had conversations about why you're not bringing your phone, why you care about it and why the experience is different when you don't have your phone. So when someone challenges you like that, it's a little less, you know, it actually will hurt, hurt you a lot less because you'll have like-minded people around you that are joining it with you. And I think there's a lot of people out there who wish they could not bring their phone somewhere, but there's all this fear of like, then that would be different then that would be weird. And, who knows, maybe I wouldn't be able to find people or whatever, but if you have a group and you're going as a group, you'd be able to do that. And I think the Reconnect community would allow for that to happen and allow for those people who want to have experiences without their phone, have them. Because I know how hard it is because I was that kid who wasn't bringing my phone everywhere and I was facing those things of like, people are calling you weird. I had a flip phone. People said that's weird. Like, you know, why would you ever want to do that? All that stuff. And it, it did hurt. And if I would have had a whole group with me, it would have hurt a lot less. So I think that would be a huge thing as well. And I think that that could lead, and the whole Reconnect movement community could lead to a more in-person 
carefree, fun, directed environment of connection. Because wherever we go now, it feels like there's so much stuff in the air that is untalked about or is unaddressed, whether it's collective societal expectations that no one's addressing or it's something that we're thinking that's an anxious thought that's eating away at us that we don't have you know the courage to face that keeps showing up in the back of our mind while we're interacting with people or who knows what it is it's just we it doesn't feel actually connected and i actually have had that feedback from people who've come to the reconnect events at rollins I, I, I heard Jimmy say, actually, that when uh, Jimmy and Alex, they said that <coughs> by the end of the event, they actually felt like every single person they were with, they were actually felt really on the same vibe as them, like felt very connected. And even though we were all there was a lot of us there, it was like 25 people. It felt like everybody was actually connected together as a group. And that's something that we miss, that we don't get constantly. That's why he said something about it. Because he's like, this is a different feeling. This is a new feeling. Feeling actually really connected with those you're with. Because you're building that momentum of connection with someone when you choose to stay with them rather than leaving them and the moment for your phone. It creates a different experience. <coughs> so I think that also, the Reconnect movement would find those people who want to spend days without their phone or weeks without their phone on a trip or on, you know, whether it's a camping trip, a hiking trip, a boating trip, anything, like a surfing trip or whatever. Those people who <coughs> want to get out of the box, get out of the usual of waking up, pulling out your phone and looking through your phone, looking, scrolling on TikTok for a little bit, texting, looking at the text you got scrolling on Instagram, checking your Instagram notifications, checking Snapchat, responding to Snapchat, like every time you wake up in the morning, like breaking that and being like, I want to live a different existence than this. I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of this and I want something new. And I think that that reconnect will attract those people. And then those people can come together and go on those trips together and experience the, the camaraderie and the fun and the connection, the true connection that that would bring. <coughs> So another thing that I think is possible with Reconnect is attracting people that want to go on dates, like want to go on dates with people somewhere in person to get to know someone that they don't know, because that is a lost thing now. I, I mean, I remember in high school when I got rid of my phone and I was trying to like meet girls, every single girl just wanted to talk on Snapchat. And then when I didn't, I said I didn't have Snapchat, I had a flip phone, they like didn't know what to do and there was no and then I, I would ask girls on dates and they'd be like that's weird no what when really all I'm trying to do is get to know them without social media but that's not what's normal now so you don't connect with a potential partner in that way anymore and I think that that is a huge contributor to this mass dissatisfaction with relationships of like hookup culture and all this stuff because social media is perfect for hookup culture and perfect for disconnected 
kind of weirdness within these relationships and within these connections. There's all this in between where you're like, oh my gosh, what's he, what's going on here? What's, what's he thinking by this snap? What's this, what's that, this video, he just sent this. And it's like all this overthinking. And yes, there's always going to be overthinking in these types of relationships. There's always going to be conversations about, oh my gosh, what does he think? What is he, where's he thinking? Or where's he at? Where are they at? Where's she at? I don't know what's going on, you know, all that stuff. But it's definitely different when you're sitting with a bunch of friends taking turns snapping each other and then getting a response and then contemplating than it is to go actually spend time with the person for a few hours get to know them and then leave and then talk and then go hang out again it's completely different and it's way less in between bs in my opinion and it's more actually getting to know someone because we've all had that experience where we're talking to someone over instagram talking to someone over snapchat texting someone you know and and then you finally actually hang out with them and you're like, oh my God, who is this person? I don't even, this is not at all who I thought this person was. We are not vibing the same way that we were vibing over text, Snapchat, whatever. And this is super weird. And this is like, I feel like I don't even know this person, but I've been talking to them for months. And that, this psychological like fakeness of that is so impactful and it happens on a mass scale. And so like, you don't know what you're getting and you don't even know if who you're talking to is real even if we're not actively realizing that that is having such an impact on the way that we interact with others and actually going on a date and actually meeting the person, actually getting to know the person, not this, you know, portrayal of that person that they put over Snapchat. Like that is really important. And yeah. So I think it's going to attract people who want to go on dates and I think it's going to attract people that want to have parties where, people put their phones in a box once they enter through the door or once they get into the party. They put their phone away and the entire party is phoneless. I think that would be such a cool environment and I think it'd be dope to be able to have a party and do crazy shit without having to worry about someone filming you constantly every five seconds. You would actually just do it to fucking do it because it's because it's fun or it's crazy or it's because you want to do it or you want the people around you to, you want to do something funny for them but it takes some of the specialness away from that when you are doing it for them, but you're not really doing it for them. You're actually doing it for all these robotic robots on their story or these viewers on a, st you're basically put on a giant stage and you don't even know who's watching you. And that doesn't feel good when you're getting vulnerable and doing something crazy out there, you know? And also it literally could get you in trouble. Like you could get in trouble for underage drinking. You could get in trouble for being too crazy or you could be getting all this stuff. But if there was no phones, then it would be more loose, fluid environment. But the thing is, you can't just show up to a party right now and be like, hey, everybody, let's not use our phones. <laughs> that doesn't happen because that is something that is going to exist in the future when Reconnect attracts all of the people that want that and that are actually up for that. And once those people all come together into one group, there will be those parties and those parties will be for the people who want those parties and the people who want the phone parties will have the phone parties and people who want the no phone parties will have the no phone parties. But I think that the reconnect movement and the reconnect community will attract those people who want to have those parties. And also just the people who feel passionate about spending time with others with no phones for all the reasons that I've been saying, all the reasons that I've heard from the reconnect Rollins members and these people who actually feel passionate about making sure and intentionally spending time with those they care about and those they want to connect with without phones, because that's something that they will realize is very important. 
So the other thing I wanted to talk about was why do I think reconnect is important? Because I've had a decent amount of people on the podcast by now and actually even before this podcast on my last podcast. And I oftentimes hear them say something. They say, you know what? That's why I think reconnect is really important because of this, because of blah, 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 because, you know, people need to blah, blah, blah. And I, I always agree with that. I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I want to lay out what I, you know, the founder of the reconnect movement. And I wanted to know this in myself because I didn't know, I don't have this on, you know, the top of my head, but why do I think reconnect is important? What do I think it's bringing to the world that the world needs? And so, yeah, I thought about that. And some of the things I come up with were there are people and there is a person, a specific kind of person, a person like me, a person like, like the, like the Sean that was 15 and wanted to get a flip phone because he was sick of feeling disconnected from people in conversations, people exactly like him. And because there's people out there that are not jumping for joy about the fact that everybody always has their phones and social media constantly up in front of their faces. You know, there's a lot of people in this generation, generations above, below, that aren't super thrilled about that fact and about that reality that we are currently living in. But they don't have a way to necessarily express it and they don't have anywhere to go because there's no one right now that is like, hey guys, don't want to be on your phones, come hang out with us. That doesn't exist right yet. Like this is what it exists. So in the future of the reconnect movement, those people will have somewhere to be. But right now, all of them are displaced the same way that I was when I was 15 and I didn't want a phone. And so the reconnect movement will is important because those people need an outlet and they need a community and they need somewhere to be to experience that because a lot of people don't want don't like the way things are right now with phones and social media. Like, I mean, these people are the type of people that are going to think like, and be aware of the fact that my phone feeds my anxiety or my phone feeds unrest. My phone provides me with harmful tendencies of comparison where I look at someone else's life or something on social media and I get dissatisfied, I, I get, you know, I feel dissatisfaction in my own life and I, you know, it pulls them out of the moment of all things that they have to be grateful for and because of something you saw on social media, all of a sudden your entire world is just like, well, I hate my life now and it's like, I, no. <laughs> so it's, and it's, and also whatever made you think that is fake. It's not even real. Like whatever dude you saw who is filming a video from his van with surfboards on the top. This is my projection. But the guy who says, I make money online and I live in my van and I travel around constantly everywhere and I just make money on social media and I do all these things and like I'm constantly adventuring, constantly traveling. Like that is not real. That's fake. Like th this, this perfect heaven of an existence of where you're just always traveling, always in nature, always surfing, always doing this stuff, and you just make money on social media, like, that's just not, that's fake. Like, they're not talking about the fact that because they're making money on social media, they constantly have to have their phone with them. They constantly have to be on social media, which is, for me personally, I would never want. 
and or you have to constantly be there on a laptop working, you know, maybe six to eight hours of those days that they're traveling and having fun, you know, like they're doing computer work. Like it's just like anyone else's life. And then, you know, maybe you're doing all this computer work and you're living in a van and you're like, damn, I wish I could just take a normal shower right now. You know, like it's just fake and it's just a bite sized portrayal of something that is idealized. And that's been done for a long time, but instead of it being a movie, a TV show, a book, a comic book that is clearly fiction, it is now this mix of fiction and real life. So a lot of people are getting tricked and I, I get tricked and I've been tricked by this fake portrayal of real life and it is very, can be harmful. So these are the people, the Reconnect community are the people who feel constantly left out because of social media. They feel like they're missing out because of social media. They, and, and they look up and they look around and they feel disconnected to those around them because everywhere they look, when they look up from their phone, they just see other people on their phones. And how are you supposed to, first of all, get off of your phone and then get past the barrier of someone walking by you like looks like this. And you're supposed to like make friends with them or like talk to them. I mean, that's or even just wave to them. You're not you can't even wave to them. So that those these people that see this and they're like, I don't this is ridiculous. I don't want this. And they feel a certain type of way about it. But the thing is, like most people in our generation only in my generation only experienced life without phones until max eighth grade maximum most people got them much before that or around then a little before that and that's not that much time to experience and know what the world is like especially not like in the world of older interaction like college age high school age social interaction everyone had phones by then so we've all only experienced this so we don't actually know and we don't have something to compare it to as to why we feel this way about interaction or about everyone around us or this disconnection feeling we don't have anywhere to to compare that or, or know where it's coming from it's just happening to us and everyone's doing it we don't know so right now all the people who feel these ways have nowhere to go there's no community for them to land on of other people who feel the same way and connect and are like all right let's hang out without our phones that, that doesn't that doesn't exist on a mass scale right now actually the only place it exists right now is Rollins, <laughs> because this is the first um, Reconnect Club that has been founded. And, or not the first, it's not the first, but it's the only one that is actively being, you know, practiced. And there's actually another club called the Luddite Club in New York City. And it was started by, and actually she went to college, but it's this high school senior who was constantly on her phone during the pandemic she was on her phone all the time constantly feeling disconnected and she got rid of her phone same way i did she got a flip phone and she spent the rest of her high school having a flip phone and it changed her entire life she's like i like life so much more when i don't have my phone it's insane like it completely changed the way that she experienced life and so she started a club at her high school and the reason i'm telling you this is because it's in a new york times article that they wrote about her and her club so me, her, and any other people who aren't 
you know, in the mainstream media <laughs> that are doing this is the only communities and definitely don't hear about them because all of you guys probably don't know about the Luddite Club. So, yeah, so there's nowhere for these people to go and there there's no community to find and they don't even have anywhere to put their feelings or talk any. They have nowhere to talk about these feelings because it's uncommon. You know, these conversations happen here and there about social media and all these things, but most people don't do anything about it. You know, it's hard. I've been trying to do something about it for a long time now and it's it's hard because it's so ingrained right now into the social structure of how we do things. So, yeah, I mean, I felt the same way when I had nowhere to go. I, you know, I felt so confused and lost and alone and like I was wrong. Like people were calling me weird and I was getting hate for my ideas. People were saying it's lame or whatever, like that's stupid. And I was alone in it the whole time. And so that's a lot of people are get get pushed back down into conformity by that barrier of the nonconformity. So if there was a place where they could join into it, it would be much easier container and it would allow these people to do what they want to do, which is spend time without their phone. So and hang out with people who want to actually connect. So when I got rid of my phone, what I actually discovered was the overarching issue, which was that even if I put away my phone, which is all I could do when I was 15 years old going to high school, all I could do about the issue was I'm going to control my own behavior and get rid of my phone. And I thought it was going to be the fix all. I just thought it was going to fix everything. And I was just going to be like, all right, back to being in this cool life where I just talk and everybody hangs out. So, but what I actually discovered was that the overarching issue that is poisoning our generation right now is that fact that even if you get off your phone completely, which would be the like hardest thing to do, you know, now, you, th you are then just surrounded by everyone around you that is constantly on their phone and like literally constantly. We are all constantly on our phone. Pretty much all of us are on our phone almost every second we have that is unfilled with something else, you know, and that is what you try to go into. And what I call that, I, I call that the wasteland. If you get rid of your smartphone then you enter into what we are presented with now, which is the wasteland, which is the present social climate that we live in with smartphones and social media. Because, yeah, like, because everyone's on their phone constantly and it doesn't leave room for someone to get rid of their phone and just live, just talk and hang out. It's because everybody is our social cyborgs with their phones. And oftentimes a lot of people use their phones more to interact than they do in person. So yeah, I, I also wanted to kind of talk about some aspects of the wasteland. So some, some things that happen in the wasteland and the things that are part of the wasteland that we live in now are, like I said earlier, going on dates to get to know a potential partner is replaced with talking over Snapchat, text, and social media until both decide it's time to get physical and hook up. So essentially, 
getting to know someone actually in person and having a conversation with them, connecting with who they are, feeling their actual energy in person is has been replaced. And like I said, it's called talking. It's where you basically snap back and forth for months or however long, weeks, whatever, until you feel like you've connected enough and then you get together in person. And after all the tension has been built, you normally hook up and it gets physical or maybe not, maybe it's weird or something, but that's a lot of the time what happens. And I am the proof that if you try to do something other than that, it's actually rejected because it's no longer normal to go on dates. And I tried to just go on a date with someone that I knew and it was rejected because it was, it was seen as weird or unusual or like, I don't know, no, that sounds uncomfortable. What if I have to actually talk to you for like two hours? I don't even really know you that well. Like we've become so coddled by social media and Snapchat that we can't get to know someone in person because it's too much pressure because and especially a potential partner that's so much pressure and most people don't have the social stamina to execute that and want to enter into that another aspect school courtyards are half empty because half of the kids are on their phones not in the present moment so the the schoolyard is basically and courtyard and, and cafeteria. I have proof. I, I can try to figure it out, but I don't think I can. But I have pictures of of kids that I, I took when I was a senior in high school and a junior, actually all through junior and senior year of high school. I took pictures of my school cafeteria and my school courtyard and like three out of five kids would be on their phone. And it was, I took this one picture of this bench these, all these benches that were linked together lining the, the courtyard and the cafeteria and literally maybe one person out of like 20 kids that was lining this bench was not on their phone. And that's a part of the wasteland because, you know, you could say like, well, what's the big deal? We're all on our phones. Yeah. Like that, that is a thing that's happening. And the, the result of that is that there's 20 kids that are on their phone that you can know now no longer talk to and are now no longer interacting in any sort of collective conversation or collective socializing that's actually just gone now and that's that's half or more than half of every single school courtyard is like that and you know it's going to be different in different places you go but that that happens more often than not i mean everyone everyone knows that pretty much everyone's on their phone school hallways are filled with silent students waiting to enter class because everyone's too scared to lift their head up from their phone and talk to the other person that is looking down at their phone. And I've seen this happen when the, when students are waiting to enter class. I saw this in high school. I see this now in college where it's just an entire group of maybe eight, eight or more students. And they're all just waiting to go into class, but no one, like literally every single person will be on their phone and it'll just be silent because no, you know what, it's a weird little in-between moment and everyone just goes on their phone and just hides from it because it's too scary to just be there doing nothing because then, and then this is the overarching issue as well, which is let's say I walk up and that's my next class and I'm going in walking and I stand next to this group of eight kids, all silent 
completely isolated on their phones. And I walk up and I don't have my phone and I am trying to go. I'm also going into this class. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be like, hey, everybody, uh, can you get off your phones and like maybe start some conversation so that I might be able to maybe talk to one of you guys and I might be able to maybe make friends with one of you guys? I can't do that. I'm completely powerless. I go, I walk up and I like, I can try to start a conversation with the person next to me, but me trying to start a conversation with the person next to me, I'm actually interrupting them from whatever they're doing on their phone. So that's another barrier. So I'm already like, they're like looking up, they're like, what? Sorry, what? And I'm like, oh, hey, like, what's up? And they're like, oh, um, hi, you know? And then it's like, they were just doing something. So now you're like getting in the way of what they were doing. And then, then, th then it's just you guys talking. And then maybe some other people are gonna like look up and they're like, they're fucking talking. I can't believe we're talking. You know, they're just gonna keep it. it there's no person to join in or talk or like, it just becomes this weird one-on-one -on -one thing. And then am I supposed to just do that one-on-one -on -one thing and then talk to another person in the middle? Like it's completely isolated and it, it's almost impossible for you alone without your phone to break that. It has to be a group and they have to come together collectively with the intention, like reconnect. But like you can't just go into the wasteland and just un-wasteland the wasteland. It has to be an oasis that is replanting the savanna, which is the other side of this analogy, which is the, and I've said this on the podcast before, but I'll just go ahead and say it again. So imagine a, um, a bustling savanna, uh, a herd of antelope roaming and grazing on a savanna. And when they graze, they're contributing to their own ecosystem. They're eating, they're pooping, they're, you know, they're meeting and fighting and I don't know, other animals or whatever. And it's all creating this ecosystem. So imagine someone introduced feed bins to this herd of antelope the antelope would just stay near the bins because the whole reason they're grazing is to eat, right? But grazing is kind of hard. You gotta go out, you gotta go on into the out onto the savanna. You don't know who you're gonna run into, what you're gonna run into, but you gotta find food. But imagine all the food was just in a feed bin right in front of them. Then the antelope would just stay near the bins and they wouldn't have to roam and graze anymore. But ultimately what that would cause is an entire disruption of the ecosystem. And the, the animals no longer roam and graze and the ecosystem would just become, it would, it would die and the savanna would become an unrecognizable wasteland. And that is what has happened to socializing because we now have a feed bin for social life. We don't have to go out and have a social life. We can have like our own little neat and tidy fake social life. And going out and having a social life we didn't know before because our parents who lived in the actual savanna in the 80s, 90s, early, to early, early 2000s and before, they all had to have a social life or they didn't and they were just completely isolated, but like that was rare. And, and that's, they didn't know, but that's hard. There's a lot of things that go into that and it's scary sometimes and it's uncomfortable. But now that we have an out from that, we basically just take the out. And so because it's an ecosystem, it takes more than just one animal to create an ecosystem. You have to replant it. And that's what I see reconnect as is replanting the savanna in the wasteland because the wasteland has been wasting for a while. It's pretty dead. So the beach, 
is littered with girls that are going not to enjoy the ocean or hang out with friends, but more to take in good Instagram pictures at the beach. So that's a shift of intention. So this group of girls is, or maybe it's just this one girl, these two girls, like they're going to the beach for sure. But like in the back of their head, they're definitely thinking about that Instagram post. They're definitely thinking about those Instagram pictures. They probably picked out their outfit thinking about the Instagram pictures. You know, it's like that is a shift of intention. You're not going to the beach to be, let's go to the beach. Let's hang out. Like some people for sure are doing that. But there's a lot of people who are going thinking and being overwhelmed and, and you know, about that Instagram picture that they know they're going to have to take because whenever you go to the beach, you got to take a picture because if you didn't go, then you didn't, or if you didn't take a picture, then you didn't go and you got to make the post because it's a good opportunity to get the post and we want the likes and we want the dopamine and we want people to think that we're doing cool things, blah, blah, blah. And all of that actually leads to the in-person reality of this girl now going to the beach and instead of just thinking about like, I cannot wait to jump in that water. Like, I cannot wait to, you know, go meet some guy. I can't wait to go talk to some, you know, talk to, or talk to my girlfriends or whatever. Like, yeah, but like, it's, it's this looming anxiety of like having to take that photo and then really wanting it to be good. And then, oh my God, I got the good photo and then I get to post it and I get to have all these likes and all this stuff. And that's an aspect of the wasteland too, is like now when I'm walking down the beach, everyone's not there to like hang out and enjoy the beach. Some people are there to create something in the digital world that is not producing energy in the, in the, not outputting energy in the physical world while they're doing it. That It's all going into the digital world. So it's like this little wormhole of energy uh, of the people aren't actually putting it out into the beach. They're actually putting it down into their phones. And so like, you know, it's okay. Like, that's what you want to do. That's cool. But it's just taking energy out of the real world. So place. Okay. This is a big one now that I'm in college. So places like libraries, hallways, courtyards, lawns, study places, common rooms, any community spaces that you could think of on a college campus, like places where husbands and wives met in the last generation. They are now filled with students who are checked out on their phone and checked out on a device and people who are you're not able to necessarily go up and talk to because they're you'd be interrupting them and they're on their phone and like if anyone over that is not in this generation that's older is this listening to this like imagine you walk into your common room and just like like think back to a memory that you had in college of like walking around your college campus. I bet that shit was a bustling, like so much is going on. Probably it's always loud. Maybe not, I, you know, whatever. But like now, like imagine that those people were just like silent like this or like half of them or maybe like a quarter of them or like three quarters of them were all just silent. And then you're walking in, walking around. It's like uneasy, you're like, it's quiet or, or it's quieter or there's certain people who just aren't there basically. It's just like, it doesn't, it is not a bustling ecosystem of social interaction. There is social interaction that happens and I'm not denying that no one talk. I'm not saying no one talks and there's not ever anyone that's not on their phone. But the, the, the fact that half people, half of the people are just like, boom, poof, checked out, gone creates a huge impact on the people who are in person. And then, you know, when one of those people gets off their phone and gets on their phone, another person that's in the room gets on their phone or gets goes from off their phone and onto their phone. So it's this disconnect of who's participating in the present moment and who's not.
and how a large majority of people at all times are not participating in the present moment wherever you go. And that has a huge impact on your ability to socialize and hang out with those people or just like have fun. So the world, so high school kids aren't just sitting around bored, wondering what they're going to do to try to have fun, trying to find something to do. They're spending massive chunks of this valuable and formative time sending blank Snapchats to people that they think they know. Scrolling on addiction machines and checking their phones for no reason because they're just looking for anything else to fill the time. When you're bored, there's a very clear and easy option to turn to, and it's your phone. And they're not just sitting there waiting for you to pick them up. They're actually engineered to addict you. And they're trying to lure you into the, to the app. They want you to come back and spend more of your hours and hours of your day doing it rather than anything else. You know, whether it's hanging out with friends, whether it's picking up a hobby, whether it's looking out the window, staring at the wall, thinking. That, that has all been replaced with scrolling or Snapchat or, you know, all this fake forms of unfulfilling connection. And it's sad. It's sad because... We don't know that it's happening, and a lot of people don't think it's that big of a deal. But it, I mean, it has impacted me to the point where I'm here doing this podcast, talking about it, trying to raise awareness about what's actually happening, because it's not no big deal, and it's having a huge impact on our generation and our happiness, and all humans, not just this generation, the generation below us for sure, you know, the iPad kids that aren't going to be able to live without the dopamine of an iPad and the, you know, parents above us that are completely, the grandparents above us that are completely susceptible to like political triggering to just keep them on Facebook. Like it's impacting everybody and we're just not really doing anything about it right now. And it's sad and it's having a huge impact. It's a really big issue and really big problem. And I wanted to leave with this. The world experienced COVID quarantine as a punch in the gut and a shock, having no face-to-face -fa -face interactions for so long. Everyone felt the pain of being so disconnected for so long. But Gen Z did just fine because we've been quarantined ever since we were handed fucking smartphones. It just showed the rest of the world how we feel. It's true. It's true. Well, I just wanted to come on and say some of my thoughts that are just from my head. And next week we'll be back with another conversation. But yeah, solo one today. I hope you all enjoyed the shorter one today. And uh, yeah, thank you.